Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Top Sport's same-game multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. If you're serious about the top markets, top prices, top service, top sport is for you. Join up today and do so using the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be given the full VIP treatment 100%. Finals time. Time for a bit of movement in the pants and why bloody not? What a series we're in for. And some of the superstars are joining us this week on the hottest show in the game. Little Reed Marnie, Big Joe Tarpany, Angry Ricky Stewart and that loose unit, Corey Harawira and Naira. In all, 12 interviews on this episode, footy talk, maybe a dick or fart joke here and there as well. Let's try. Let's go. You've been warned. Want to talk prop forwards? Who's the best combination in the game? At club level, we've got several awesome one-two combinations. Going to focus on Parramatta, though, and their big two in Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo. Who better to ask about their strengths than the guy who passes them the ball 75% of the time? Their hooker, Reed Marnie, is on the microphone. Pretty awesome combo of props, little fella. Yeah, uh, thank God they're on my side, mate. Yeah. Um, Big, uh, big junior running at you, and, and then Reggie after that. Uh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> what are the strengths of Regan? <laughs> the strength of Regan, he's he's got this sort of unorthodox sort of running style, I think. Yep. And, um, he's fucking huge, to be honest. He's just a big slump. He's got big hips, and he just I'm trying to tackle him at training. It's it's awkward, you know what I mean? So, um. You know, he's, he's lean as well, which he's very – he's bony around his hips and he's just – you know, and he comes off the back fence, so he, run, he yep. runs hard. Um, so the big reds is, you know, you know, got a pass on him. He's got a good carry on him and uh, works hard. So yeah, the reds is uh, – I'm glad he's on my side. Mate, that was the, the, actually my next question because he plays uh, both types of football. He comes off the back fence and, and charges – but he's also got a pass, but it seems a lot of that's always forgotten because Junior's passing game is just so good. I don't think Riggs gets the credit he deserves for his ball playing. Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't say he's a he's a probably the the best out of out of the forwards, but I definitely know that you know when he needs to, he does, and yep. I think that's the benefits that we get out of him. Um, but yeah, Red sort of you know just showed up the guts gets the quick play the ball and that's when you get Junior and you get Brownie coming off that. So um, Bridge sort of gets it going for us. You see him off a dropout. Um, you know, I didn't know too much of Reg before he came. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, him off the kickoff, uh, he's he's coming off the back fence flying. So he's got you know the the back fence, the tough stuff, but he's also got the pretty stuff too, which I think uh, our pack has has got or you know, they all got traits all of them. Mate, I think the scary thing for oppositions, I believe Junior Paulo is getting better, and I don't think he's played his best football of his career just yet. Yeah, big Junior. Wow, what an athlete! Um, just you can see him. Like we, we sometimes, uh, I don't know, if, remember? I can't remember what game it was. He's it was a game where it was like a scrum or something like that, and we actually got him to kick. I can't remember what it was. It might have been him. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. We got him to actually kick off the scrum, and then we had Wonga and, and Jenko chase for it. But um, I think it was round three, Roosters in 2019. Okay. Um, we actually pulled him out of the scrum and got him to kick um, or something like that. But this is skill on the big man. It's like he's a 5'8 in a, in a, in a big body and it's just, he's just an athlete and, um, once again, he's got the he's got the tough stuff, but then he's also got the offload and, and the pretty stuff as well. You can see the ball skills on him. Um, he's got the long pass. Um, yeah, he's he's one hell of an athlete. He just knows footy so well, and um, he's a top bloke too, which is always good. Reeks tackle <laughs> one, junior tackle two, and it really sets you up with a couple of options, doesn't it? After that, yeah, it does. It's um, you know, it's a, it's a good combination we got there, and. Uh, yeah, what a, what a pack to be behind. So I think, you know, Mitchie and, and Dylan and Garth and myself are, uh, yeah, we're pretty happy with them, them three there. And Every player, every coach, every fan has got that one game that for whatever reason stands out above all others. For me, 1986 grand final was the first grand final I actually really remember. It was also the first one I went to. Parramatta around Canterbury and the day that the legends Mick Cronin and Ray Price retired. But I'm an old fart. Not so. Our guest, the legend, Josh Mansour. Is there one game for you that stands out that you'll never forget, either as a fan or as a player? Yeah, definitely the 95 grand final. Uh, watching Canterbury win that final um, was very, very special. Uh, my Belmore boy, I grew up in Belmore uh, with the rest of my family, uncles and aunties, and... Um, we actually lived up the road from um, Belmore Sports Ground, so I remember sitting on uh, the front, uh, the brick retaining wall, of my, uh, my uncle's house, yeah. and cars driving past with blue and white flags. Oh, it's it was um, every kid's dream to watch their team win the grand final. So uh, I was very lucky to see it firsthand. Wonderful era for the Bulldogs, wasn't it? The mid nineties. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, my, my father is a proud doggy supporter, especially my uncle. Uh, he'll let you know about it. Um, yeah, so uh, it was it was hard to uh, save support another club when I was playing for Penrith and now South, but uh, uh, they're they're good to they're good to have around. <laughs> Mate, did you get down to Belmore much? I know we can't do it in this day and age because of corporate facilities and you know whatever the case may be. But a trip to Belmore on a Saturday Arvo to watch the footy was special. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yeah, I've always asked the question why. There, there are more games played out that um yeah. that sports ground. Like it's it's just a relic for for the area, and yep. um, hopefully in the future we, we can see more games for for the locals around there. But um, yeah, me as a kid, I was actually a Canterbury junior, so I yep. played a lot of footy at Belmore Sports Ground, and um, uh, yeah, it's definitely a special place to play and, and watch footy. Mate, back in the day, it was also as hard as rock a lot of the time, Belmore Oval, wasn't it? It definitely was. It definitely was. It, it, it was either either you get a hard on a, on a good day or yeah. on a bad day it'll be soggy as and wet. So, um, yeah, could never get a good balance. Always a pleasure, Josh Mansour. We'll chat again soon, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you. 
It's awesome to be teaming up with Retro Rugby League videos, a Facebook page for the hardcore and tragic footy fan just like us. From the old Commonwealth Bank Cup to first grade, the collection of videos weekly is insane. Check them out, legends. Go to Facebook and simply search Retro Rugby League videos. You'll love it. I'm not a bright fella, but this has got me confused. In 06, our guest played with the Australian schoolboys. In 07, he played junior Kiwis and has since represented New Zealand on 22 occasions. Kevy Proctor, how's that work, mate? Representing Australian schools, then going to junior Kiwis. I don't get it. Oh, well, I was just as confused as you. <laughs> I, um... It was, it was weird just because I, I went to the Aussie schoolboys and I couldn't actually make the, the Kiwis back then because I didn't go to school there. Okay. Cause I think it was just like your yeah, school eligibility or whatever. Yeah. And my, my parents were going to disown me. <laughs> they were like, how could you do this? But um, no, no, they, were, they were pretty supportive. And um, we went over, I think it was yeah, 06, like you said, we had a gun side and facing the the hucker and the national anthem, that was weird for me because, like, I I grew up, like, loving the All Blacks and doing the, the hucker and singing the national anthem when I was a kid. So um, to, to face it was was, was weird. Right? Like, okay. it, was, it, was, it felt like unnatural. And the other guys in the, in the, the team that were, were playing against us was, like, Russell Packer and... Ben Madalino, and they were yelling out, traitor, you're a traitor. <laughs> like, all this stuff. And I was kind of second-guessing myself, going, am I a traitor? Am I a traitor? But no, nah, it, was, it was all the good fun. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it. I made some some really good friends yeah. and some lifelong friends out of those, that, those, um, those, those sides. So no, I'm, I'm glad I did it and I, I experienced it for once. 22 tests for your country. Is there one moment that stands out above the rest, mate? Actually, yeah, um, it would either be um, winning the Four Nations, and yeah. I think it was 2014, because um, we, we hadn't beaten Australia for more than uh, more than one time in a row, like consecutively. And yep. I think we'd beat them. We'd beat them in the ANZAC, the one-off ANZAC test, and then um, and then we beat them in the first game of that that. That, uh, four nations, and then we beat them in the final. So uh, I think that was a pretty special moment for us as a as a country, and, and just for me as as a player. We um, yeah, we won that. Uh, we were playing so well. I don't think anyone's going to beat us that, that that year. Great insight, mate. Really appreciate it. We see the coaches at their most extreme, extremely tough times or extremely good times, on camera, on game day anyway. Most of them are very, very different away from the cameras, but to be honest, very few of them have a great sense of humour. They're serious dudes, but the issue is they think they have a sense of humour. From the Dragons, Blake Laurie has joined us, mate. Anthony Griffin, does he think he's a funny guy? I don't think he thinks he's a funny guy, but he is a funny guy. Look, he has some great one-liners. Oh, 
some of his one-liners, you just get the boys in stitches. And because and cause of who he is, like he says little things like it's Mickey Mouse, like when and, or it's the grouse and all that stuff. Yeah. And it just makes the boys laugh. But he's not trying to be funny. But it just And he has just such a dry sense of humor. And just like, <laughs> it's pretty easy. It's actually pretty funny, but he wouldn't say he's a funny guy. He, he is a very dry sense of humor. You're, you're 100% right. And it's nice to have that in a coach because they're, it's like a player that's a, you know, the, the troublesome one, times to be serious, but there are times where a cheeky one-liner or a bit of a sense of humour does just as much for the playing group. Yeah, definitely. You got to you got to have that balance, and I think Cook does have that balance. He knows when the knows when people need to be serious, and when he's serious is when the boys have got to be serious, and he knows when to sort of let his hair down and and knows when to to sort of have a joke around. But we do have a he has Hook does have a very good balance about that, and um. Like before the game, you've got to be switched on, like yeah. no joking around in the dressing sheds and all that stuff, and on buses and all that stuff. So we go on a on a bus trip. We can more talk a little bit about them, but then once you walk into that dressing shed, you got to be you got to be mm. switched on. Otherwise, he's gonna he's gonna kick you up the the bum and let you know about it. That's for sure. And um, yeah, on a, on a training field, when training needs to be done, you need to be switched on. And then yeah. after training, he knows when to have a joke and all that stuff. That's for sure. Who's the actually genuinely funny teammate, as in proper funny? There's a few, there's a few. Jack Bird's a character, yeah, but he's but he's a but he's a bit of a dumb dumb character. Yes. <laughs> um, Big Georgie Burgess has got some great one-liners too, and it makes it even better for his um his Pommy accent. Yeah, um, who else is funny? Curry's Curry's a bit of a larrikin, but yeah. he gets the he gets the piss taken at him a fair bit. Um, yeah, them three are probably the main the main call, that's for sure. Thanks for stopping in, Blocker. Appreciate it. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with the two-time premiership winner, Benny Hannant. From Facebook, Steve Thompson from Lethbridge Park in Western Sydney. Great people out there. There were like six props in your Aussie schoolboys side. Who was the standout as a kid? Oh, it's, the, it was all New South Wales. They had, they had the three big guns there. They had Tom Leroy Lars, yep. they had Aston Sims, and they also had Mickey Wayman. So when we played against those guys, yep. it was just it was like freight train after freight train. And they looked exactly how they look now. Like when they were playing first grade, that's what they looked like at schoolboy footy. Man child. They're, they're fully grown men, yeah. Wow. And I was a chubby kid. Semi Thiday too had had a lot of baby fat still yeah. on him. We were the two Queensland front rowers. And coming up against them, you, you knew you were up against the freight train. Oh, I remember calling out Tom Leroy Lars one time off a kickoff. We had a bit of a scruff sort of happened. They got the penalty and I called him out to run at me. I hit him with everything I had, everything I had was fair in these, these guts. He's got a big six, but he's still ripped up to this yeah. day. But I hit him with everything. And I just, it's, you know, when someone hits and does like a backward roll, yeah. I, I got pumped, absolutely pumped. Really? It made me realise like, I've got to go to the gym. Yeah, I've got to get to myself in shape. It's time I'm going to start playing against men. I've got to start looking like one myself. Time to start lifting. Who was the standout <sighs> from think, that school side? I think. Athletic ability, uh, Tom Leroy Lars, because he, yeah. he, he was big, but he was as fast as the centers getting around wow. as well. So, and he's, he's he 
Take his shirt off, mate. You know, I'm as straight as they come, but, mate, I'm impressed by yeah. his rig when he gets yeah, his gear second, off. Yeah, have a second I'll look. I'll have a yeah. double look. Yeah, Definitely. love that. And Premiership hopeful from the green machine, Joe Tarpany. We'll finish with these two questions from our followers. We've got the Canberra Raiders, Joseph Tarpany, on the podcast. This is from Ainsley at Shell Harbour. She asks, do you <laughs> – this is a beauty <laughs> – do you understand the pommies in the side when they're talking on the field, when they're huffing and puffing with their mouth guards in? Do you understand a word they say? Um, smell, not smell gets, because when he's puffed, he just splatters out all this jibber jibber. But um, I think John Bateman was the hardest. He talks too fast and he's he's just repeats himself. He was the hardest. But the other ones, I think Georgie and... And Hodgie, real clear on how they talk, but the two from um, Bradford, oh, you can't can't understand them half the time. Beautiful. This is the last one from Thomas at Coogee. Who? And this is a great question, really easy one, but a great one. Who's your New Zealand footy hero? We, I would have to say Sonny Bill. Um, growing up, I was a union. You know, everyone from New Zealand watches union. So when I switched over to the league kind of scene and have, had a watch of that. He was, you know, a young Polynesian guy that could run hard, hit hard and offload and everyone back home, you know, we play a game of uh, hold or tackle at the park. You say Sunny Bill when you tuck the offload or mm. you try and hit each other with a Sunny Bill and yeah. I think they just paved the way for, you know, some of these young island Māori boys to come through and um, just wanted to kind of be locked in. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Amazing journey to get to first grade for our guest. He's of Fijian and Maori descent, born in New Zealand, moved to Australia as a little fella. Yes, he was once little and he grew up on rugby union. Somehow, though, Tane Milne has found his way to the Rabbitohs via the Dragons and the Warriors. When you look at it like that, mate, it has been quite a journey, but that's all part of it, hey? Yeah, mate, um, looking back now... Uh Obviously, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I'm pretty proud of uh, what, what I've what I've achieved, and um, I wouldn't have been able to do it uh, with with a lot of people to um, like behind my back as well. So, hundred yeah. percent, mate. What convinced you originally to move from union to league after schoolboys? So, um, I actually, I actually didn't um, didn't play union until I got over to uh, to Sydney here. So, okay, I um, I I played. League when I was, well, I started when I was like three, I think. Yep. And in, in New Zealand, and uh, I've never, never played any any bit of union. And uh, when I when I when I got over here, um, when I got I got linked to, to this uh, Clay Valley Crocodiles, and yeah. they were playing union on a Saturday and league on a Sunday. So I, I sort of wanted to get into that as well. So that's sort of how it became. But um, the move to the move to um, Australia was just just a. I think for for my parents just to make a better opportunity for themselves, and, and I think for for me as well. So, 
As a schoolboy, did you play with anyone that's gone on with their career as well into into NRL? Yeah, I've, there's a, there's a couple of boys there. Um, I went to Newington College, so that's a it's a pretty pristine um, rugby yeah. union school here in uh, Sydney. So uh, at the time, it was uh, so Moroa, He was uh, at at the at the Eels there for a bit. I think he's yeah. currently at the Storm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was Tepai there, and uh, he was about pretty much a right hand man. And um, Joey Lusick there too. He was, uh, I think, he played at um, Eels last year. So yeah, just moved over, moved over to England. So there's, there's a couple of boys there. That that was just in my year, but um, obviously you got the younger boys as well. That Cam Murray's, um, he he attended our school as well. So uh, very cool. Yeah. Look back at how and when you did what you did to get to exactly where you are. Really appreciate your time, mate. We'll chat again soon. No worries. Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will bet you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly. Australian-owned. Australian-owned. And we all know how important that is. And if you're a punter, whether you're serious or just a part-timer and a little flutter here or there, best prices, most markets, best service Top Sport is for you when you join up. Use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be given the full VIP treatment. Trust me. Joining me from Top Sport is the top dog, Tristan Merlihan. The Eels in on the second line of betting for the Premiership, mate. Yeah, they certainly are. And, uh, and, and yeah, they, after that big win the Eels had against the Storm last weekend, it saw them firm up significantly. The Panthers are still a firm favourite, but the Eels are now $6.00. Second pick, the Sharkies are eight dollars. The Roosters eight fifty. The Storm nine fifty. They drifted significantly on the back of dropping that game and falling outside the top four. And then the Cowboys ten, despite finishing third. Uh, the Bunnies at seventeen, and the Raiders just sneaking into the eight at thirty four dollars. One market that really caught my attention a little bit different: NRL final stage of elimination market where. If you want to predict uh, and you want to look into that rugby league crystal ball and try and determine the matchups as they go all the way to the grand final, you can have a bit of a go on when you think a team will be bundled out. Yeah, it's it's a really popular market this time of the year, and like picking a team like Parramatta because they're obviously underdogs going into uh, this this round against the Panthers, so their market's really interesting. They're them winning the the overall title is obviously just their premiership odds. They're seven dollars, but if yep. you think they'll lose in the grand final, they're four dollars eighty. If you think they'll get bundled out in week two, obviously they can't get bundled out in week one. If you think they can get bundled out in week two, they're two ninety five. And if you think they get to the prelim, but they don't progress into the grand final. They're $2.40. So we got that market up for all of the eight sides, and it is a very popular betting medium. If you're a Panthers fan, you know, they're $2.20 to win the grand final. Uh, if they get bundled out in the prelim, two ninety to lose the grand final is four forty. And if they go out in straight sets, $11 for the Panthers. That's an amazing price to lose the GF, isn't it, for the Panthers? If, you, if you're hell-bent on someone else, but you think the Panthers will get there, that's juicy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I guess that's saying you think that you can get there, but whether they'll... Uh, 
whether they can handle the pressure. You know, they they, they showed what they could, what they could do last year, so it'll be uh, it's a fascinating market. But uh, when it gets to a grand final, it's anyone's game, as we all know. Absolutely, mate. I mentioned in the intro more markets per game. We're up to about three hundred markets per NRL semi final this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, come game day on every one of the matches, we'll have 300 markets up Whoa. on each and every game, which uh, gives the punters plenty of options to pick from. Uh, our player performance markets, we've got a stack of those, and they're very uh, very interesting this time of the year. I know all the Supercoach fans uh, love love playing the Supercoach throughout the course of the year, but that's done and dusted as we've moved into the uh, the finals. So this gives you a little op- option where it is very similar to, to that, that, uh, that type of betting. So have a look at that, all the different player options that are available there, and we get a heap more up on game day. So check it all out. As I said, close to 300 markets. Yeah, same game multi-option involves a stack of those, and it's really competitively priced. Okay, mate, for our um, free bet this weekend, and Top Sport have given us a free bet. They've set up our own account. All money goes to charity. We've chosen the Ricky Stewart Foundation. We would like to go under total points, which was 39.5 for the Eels and the Panthers, into three head-to-heads. Storm, Sharks and Roosters. I'm reasonably confident in those last three games. So Eels and Penrith to be a low-scoring game into the Storm to win, the Sharks to win and the Roosters to beat the Rabbitohs for the second time in, well, second time in a week. So what are we looking at there? Yeah, well, before we get on to that, we've got to congratulate you. You found a winner last week at $10, and we got 914 into the kitty. So we got 1325 That was, of course, the unders in the Eels Storm game, the Titans plus 5.5, the Sharks 13+, plus, and the Raiders 13+. plus. So well done. We've got a bit of bit of cash coming in there, and hopefully we can do it again with this week's multi-works out at 728. We've got the under 39.5 in the Panthers-Eels game. The Roosters, the Sharks, and the Storm all winning straight off the stick. So 100 on that at $7.29. Great result last week, as as you mentioned. Mate, before we head into 2023, will you just give me a tap on the shoulder and say, don't bet on the Titans, it's bad for your health? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they're going to be much improved next year, and I'm very excited about how they're performing. But yes, they this year, in 2022, they certainly have uh, caused a few little health concerns. So fingers crossed a big off-season for the boys, and they can have a big year coming up in 2023. Always a pleasure, mate. Topsport.com.au. Even better, download the app once again. More markets, better prices, legitimate prices for same-game multis, and top-shelf, five-star customer service. It is Aussie-owned. Use the promo code UNFILTERED. You'll be given the full VIP treatment. On the Legends series, the best career interviews you'll ever hear. Every legend has a story and everyone is different. Let's wind back the clock to episode four with Ricky Stewart like you've never heard before. Is the emotion of rugby league as a coach the same as what it was as a player for you? Different, <clears throat> different. Um, the emotion of um, I'd play again tomorrow if I could, Andy. It's easier. <laughs> um, but the emotion of coaching is seeing people improve. There's nothing better to see a young man that you've had in the under-20s come through and play a little bit of Premier League and then second grade or uh, New South Wales Cup. Um and then bang, you're going handy with jumper. Um, seeing people improve as individuals, and that's not just in football, that's as people 
Um, since I've been here now, I've, I've, I've seen guys grow from their first first grade game to get married to have children. That, that to me is as much a part of winning as is, as is um, uh, in coaching, as, as much a part of winning, seeing that in an individual um, is for me something that in 20 years' time I'll, um, I'll, I'll remember more so than just winning. Because you were so good as a player, and you were, do you have the tendency to perhaps expect too much from your players who may not be as naturally gifted an athlete as you were? I I appreciate the big rap about that. I don't see myself as that that great a player. Yeah, I, I may have been a good player, but I, I was very, very fortunate in who I played with. Um, I had wonderful talent around me, which made me a better player. Um, but yes, I do have a probably too higher expectation on some of my players. Not all of them. Some of them I probably have a higher expectation I should have. Um, but then I find out through my assistants that I'm probably leaning on an individual or whatnot. He needs to be driven more, so I do. Um, but I, there's been times where I can go too hard. And, and I've got to make sure I've got a good balance there. But yes... Um, there's been a number of individuals over the years that uh, I've probably been too hard on. But in saying that, um, I wouldn't have been if I didn't think they had the talent and or the, 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 the mindset to be able to uh, achieve it. What about this guy, my guy, from episodes 184 and 185, Monty Beetham? Those three years, do you look back satisfied or do you look back and think, we missed an opportunity here? Don't do it, Andy. Don't oh, do it, man. no. Because that's that's right. Um, like I was talking to Sione Farmoina. We were doing a little bit of Sky TV, and he said he had spoken to Wayne Bennett. And uh, when he left and he was going to, I think the Cowboys, or was talking to the Broncos, and Wayne Bennett goes, what's happening over there? And Sione goes, what, what What do you mean? He goes, I thought you guys would have won three premierships by now. Oh, you know, and hearing that all these years later and mm. realizing what we had before our, before our time and how good we were. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that are good and don't quite get there for whatever reason. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to take that um, on the chin ourselves. But, yeah, I, 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 th- I felt we got a little bit too big for our boots in terms of the, the leadership up top and them taking their eye off the ball a little bit okay. because back then they're – Back then, they were talking about, um, you know, some of the guys going to rugby union. They were talking yep. about owning the Harlequins. And Stacey, myself, and Arwen were going to be uh, equity partners in that. And we're going to be playing for the Harlequin, uh, I mean, for the London Broncos. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of other stuff in and around that, which yep. was well before its time in terms of business um, thoughts and uh, models. But look, we just had to concentrate on what we were doing. Uh, Daniel Anderson had a fixation with um, the 2003 team, that the Panthers, that we could not beat. Uh, they mm. would always out-muscle us. They would beat us. So in 2004, uh, that preseason was all about getting big and strong. And we were big and strong. Did it take away from our game and the the, the conditioning in terms of uh, con games that we used to do and the, and the fierce competitive nature we had? Probably, yes, it did. Um, maybe we got a bit too big for our boots, uh, players included. But it, it is a real shame when I look back at it now, man. The role of enforcer, it was your role. Were you comfortable with that? 
Um, early on, I was, I was comfortable with it because I realized that um, you've all got to play your parts. Um, yep. But later on, um, man, there'll be times Andy will go to the game. And my wife will be dropping me off. She'll go, please no fights today. Yeah. And I and I felt for her, man. I yeah. really did felt for her, I feel for her. And there'll be times where Mick Watson will give me the look in the eye and uh, before we go out. And I'd pretend I'm fired up. I'm not fired up, man. I don't I don't necessarily want to punch someone in the face today. Yeah. I don't want to be that tough guy that gets up and, and walks all over someone. But that's what we needed for the team. Yep. And at times, um, you know, like every time I had a fight, we never lost the game. Is you know, that right? That's right. We never lost the game. You know, it, wow. it, it, it just happened that way. In times, though, it's a real fine line in getting it right. Yeah. Because you think about this. Sometimes I'm I'm – I'm happy, man. I don't want to get all angry head on and get out there and do that, but that's what I've got to do for my team. Um, so when you get to that situation, there's a fine line of doing it properly and then crossing that line. And there's times when I cross that line, I look back and I cringe and I go, man, what a dick. Galaxyfinance.com.au. Ask for Leanne for a free chat. Told you before, any episode, any time, none of our episodes ever date. The way we've done them means you can download the lot and listen to them when you're ready. They'll never get old. Here's Michael Morgan. Joining us this week, a wonderful footballer, a wonderful bloke, and now a wonderful father. 14 weeks old, his first little baby girl, Michael Morgan. Important things first. How's Penelope? Yeah, she's really good. She's... um. I look, doing all the simple things well, eating and sleeping well. So, um, yeah, Bree, my wife and I, were very happy so far. It's been good, enjoyable. She looked like mum or dad. Um, oh, a lot of people say me. Oh, uh, I don't no. see it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping she looks more like Bree, yeah. <laughs> it's a game changer, isn't it? The firstborn, you very quickly prioritise life. Yeah, it is. Um, look, we've really enjoyed it. She's been very easy. We've been pretty lucky. I feel bad saying it sometimes because you hear some people find it hard, I think. Um, but no, we've been very lucky. So yeah, look, 99% of it has been extremely enjoyable and we're, yeah, we're both doing really well. It's great. Let's wind the clock back to 2009, mate. Uh, you came into the National Youth Competition, which I think it's a shame it's not here anymore because it, it produced some wonderful footballers. But you came in as a number nine. Yeah, my, actually, my debut in the 20s was at, at Hooker. Um, I forget that sometimes. Too much tackling in there for me now. Um, no, I, I actually really enjoyed playing Hooker too. I used to um, like it. It's used to, through high school, it was probably where I wanted to play. Yep. And I played a fair bit of footy. My first year of like opens footy in high school was at Hooker. Um, and then, yeah, that the 20s, when I made the 20s team, it, was, it sort of all happened out of the blue. I only started training with them full time after Christmas that year. Um, and yeah, ended up getting the nod for yeah to start hooking. I played 80 minutes too because someone went down pretty early. Um, so I had to play 80 minutes in the middle, which was a test. Wonderful era of young blokes coming through in North Queensland. You made the grand final, I think, in I'll say 2011 in the NYC, but it was a footy side absolutely chockers full of talent. Yeah, it was. Um, oh, look, for yeah, the 20s thing we had, and it was pretty, pretty experienced team as well. We had a couple of years together before we got yep. to 2011, so everyone in that team started quite young. You know, guys like Wayne Alugia, who I think still has the most finished with most 20s games yep. ever played. Um, Moses Pangai, Jason Tomalolo, Kyle Felt, Chris Cresmal. So um, there are a number of guys there who have either played first grade or should have played a lot more first grade. I think yeah, had the potential to. What do you remember of your NRL 
debut, it was uh, 2010. You're an 18-year-old pup. Yeah, I don't remember too much of the game, actually. Um, I remember the week leading up because it was a Monday night game, which I used to hate playing Monday night games. Yeah. Um, but I found out the week ahead, so I had to sit through the whole weekend of footy, um, sit there nervous watching all the games, and I finally got to play on the Monday night. So it was a cold night down in Sydney at um, SFS, um, as it was then. And, yeah, we won, So which we didn't win too many games that year as a club. So to win my debut was pretty special that year. I recall watching you come through the under-20 system and I was there on a Monday night, the night that you did make your de- debut. Um, the term shitting oneself probably comes to mind. You, you were a very nervous young man pre-game. Yeah, I was. Um, well, I'd, through, yeah, I'd never played against men before or anything, so it was um, the highest level I'd played at was under-20s. So the oldest person I'd played against was 20 years old. So it was, uh, it was probably it was a big step, one that, you know, looking back now, I probably wasn't ready for. I, I was quite young. I'd only just turned 18 uh, in December, and I think that was around nine or something. So I was pr- pretty young. Um, yeah, so that is one good way to describe how I was feeling, I guess. And that was me all week. <laughs> From hooker in NYC, a little bit of halves, then fullback in first grade. You've certainly proven your versatility very early in your career. Yeah, um, look, the year at fullback probably helped me more than anything, I think, because I, I, you know, 2010, when I made my debut, I had four games that year, four games in 2011, uh, I think, I don't know, a handful, 13 maybe in 2012, in yep. the halves again, 13, I didn't play too many, and then I was playing in the centres for Mackay Cutters. Um, so fullback sort of, I never really enjoyed the halves too much at that point in my career. It was, um, I wasn't someone who wanted to, you know, tell people what to do too often. I didn't feel like I had the right to do that with uh, guys that were in the team and people being older than me. I think just from a respect thing for yep. the people around me. So fullback, I didn't have to do that. I could listen, uh, pop up where I wanted to. And, you know, uh, with J- Jono at halfback, I could follow him around and um, turn up where I wanted to. So it took that pressure off me, I guess, and that sort of freed me up to just focus on my own game. And, um, yeah, it helped me a lot. Wonderful combination with Jonathan Thurston over the years. They say the truly great ones aren't always able to coach. They just do. Was he able to guide you and coach you as a more senior player of the side or did he just do things instinctively? Well, he was a very instinctive player. Um, He still had, you know, in the back of his mind, a game plan to stick to and that kind of thing. But something he was very good at, I think, what made him better once Greeny first got to the club was um, he always he always, he could always play instinctive footy, but when we needed to fall back into a game plan into a tough grinding game, we yep. probably didn't have that as much, and he'd never had that. So I think um, when Greeny got there, really brought some a bit more structure to the place, um, something that hadn't really been uh, pushed or not a way that he JT had played before. Um, so I think that made him better, and um, you know those few years we had um, through that period. Um, were some of the best years of footy that he played. So um, it's no coincidence that's why we went so well as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but And then, so like I said, he still had that game management style about him and he could yeah, teach that and think about where you are on different parts of the field and different parts of the game and what to think about, yeah. Speaking of Paul Green, there is a theory that has gone around for years that whatever position the coach played, he is harder on those positions in the team he is coaching but obviously it also has its benefits because Paul Green was a hell of a footballer. Yeah, he was um he, he's very smart, so he understands the game well and um he does his best to uh, um so I certainly 
particularly that first year of 14, I learned some more that year. Well, the first two years, because I had well, his first year that he was there, I was at fullback. Yep. And then the following year, I went to 5'8". So those two years, I probably learned more than I ever have before about footy. Um, and he was very good at teaching that. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I learned so much over that period because um, I'd never really had that too much before either, that teaching and, like I said, ways to think about the game differently, what to think in your, yep. when you're in a certain part of the field. For so long, it had just been um, instinctive. You just sort of play whatever you see. And, like, Greening just brought some structure and um, that around the place. So, um yeah, look, I, I really did, yeah, learn so much and it was probably from so long of him playing in the halves as well, yeah. But he can um, can have a blow-up, yeah, <laughs> certainly at halves and that, about, um, probably because he thinks he could have done it better himself. <laughs> Bingo. Mate, I've heard for many years that uh, in commentary that you're a big body. Have you ever heard that? Because it's something I often scratch my head in because you're not that big body. I see a big body as a Jack White and a Braithen Astor, a, a Trent Barrett at 5'8". I think you've been unfairly tagged as a monster. Might be carrying a little bit of extra weight. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I've always been the last probably three, uh, yeah, three four years, I've started about 93, 94 kilos. Um, so I haven't changed too much. When I first came in, I was, I was, I don't know, 86, 87 kilos when I made my debut. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I've sat at the same weight for a few years now. Um yeah, I, I don't know why. I I feel like I'm just I'm not small, but I don't feel like I'm big. I just feel like I'm quite average size. Yeah, tough year for you, buddy. Uh, is it really tough at the moment watching State of Origin? It is. Yeah, I I um yeah, it's I'd obviously like to be there, it's, and it's all a bit different this year. The way they're back in a bubble and that kind of thing. So I've been able to enjoy a holiday this year and um, sort of just really rest my body and um, try and get it right. The shoulder obviously caused more dramas this year than what we thought it was going to when we decided to operate on it. So that wasn't ideal. And, um, yeah, and I thought the best thing for me, look, whether I made the team or not, I just thought the best thing for me was to rule myself out um, early on. And, and while, when Kevy still had the job, I let Kevy know that um, you know, I wouldn't be available for selection. Um, you know, so... And that was purely just to, yeah, have a, have a good break, have a good bit of time off now, enjoy it, and go back to a pre-season fresh, ready to go. It's always a pleasure, mate. You're one of the good guys. Uh, look after that beautiful young daughter of yours, Penelope. Enjoy your time holidaying at the moment because pre-season isn't far away. And we look forward to chatting again soon. Appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for having me, mate. Ta. Firebrand Barbecue does it better than anyone else. Why? Because they're the immortals of the barbecue. Online at firebrandbarbecue.com.au or in-store at Arndell Park, where we're dealing with, now get this, over 550 square metres of barbecue heaven. There's a massive range of barbecue, smokers, rotisseries and fire pits. There's a cafe, a deli the country's widest range of barbecue pantry items, and of course, their fuel products as well. Saturday is market day with 20% off all fuel products. It's the day to visit. Lift your barbecue game and check out firebrandbarbecue.com.au or call 1-800-FIRE-UP and let them know we sent you. You'll be sizzling soon. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. Doesn't get any bigger than this, and the guests don't get any better either. From the mighty Bulldogs, Aaron Shop has joined the crew. 
Great to have you on, mate. Let's go back to the start. Junior footy, who and where? Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, my junior footy club was the Thrill Butchers down in the Gong. Yeah, um, just started when I was 10 years old. Yep. Signed up. Because uh, actually I'd been begging my mum to play footy for about two, three years and she made me play soccer for about three first. Yeah. Bit of torture. Yeah, and then um, once she let me go play footy, uh, haven't turned back. The mighty bloody Thoreau Butchers. I used to love heading down to Thoreau back in the day for the fights at the Leagues Club or might have been the RSL Club, some wonderful nights and fights there and some cracking beers at the bar afterwards. Who did you grow up supporting, mate, in terms of footy and individual players? Uh, yeah, it's funny enough. I actually grew up supporting the Bulldogs. Like my whole family has our whole life. Is that right? So yeah. So it, it almost feels at home now, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I loved it. My dad, my pop, all of us boys, um, my two brothers, they, they were sporting Cronulla. Don't know why, but yeah. Who were the idols as a kid? Any players in particular? Um, for me, I used to I used to be obsessed with watching Sonny Bill. Yeah. Standard like most young guys. Oh, I didn't mind watching me as Sam Burgess as well. Yep, yeah, I can understand both of those. Mate, you played Aussie 15s and 16s. Who else in those sides has gone on to play NRL? Um, from that 15-16s team, uh, me, Tommy Dean, uh, Tessie yeah. New. Um, I'm pretty sure that, that's about it. Tessie New, a guy we haven't seen a lot of, but I reckon we're going to see a lot of. That's something special, what, what he does. Yeah, he's been like that since he was about 15, 16 as well. He's always been a pretty well-developed kid. He was a big boy back then. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think as we more we see him in the NRL, the more dominant he's going to be. Hey, how does a boy from Thoreau end up at the Bulldogs? Um, I guess being in the Aussie schoolboy side, you would have you would have had a couple of clubs nibbling. How did you end up at the Dogs? Yeah, so that I had a... I had a conversation with my manager. We sat down and um, because I was at the Dragons at the time, yep. And he sort of just told me that there was um, they didn't really have much going for me forward. They had um, a couple other good outside backs my age, so they sort of just said, um, "Look, mate, you can stay in under twenties, be a bit of a backup." Yep. So then my manager put my name put my name forward to a few clubs to see what would happen. And um, as soon as the Bulldogs jumped at me, um, went up, seen the facilities at Belmore. Had a look around, looked at the dog's house at York Street where I was going to stay. Same house that um, Jonathan Thurston and Sonny Bill, all them boys stayed at. Uh, I think that whole vibe and sort of culture and that just um, struck out to me. And it's time to find out a little bit more about those bloody Canberra Raiders. Who's who in the team? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I've got Corey Harawira Nara on board to give us the big scoop on his teammates. Sledging is not only allowed, it's actually encouraged. Mate, I'll mention a personality trait or a mood or a topic. I just want you to tell me the first teammate that comes to mind. Who is the quiet one? Uh, I probably have to go the the pommy that's moved in for me, the young fella Harry Rushton. He's he's not well known over here yet, but he will be soon. And um, he doesn't smile much, and and that's probably what stands out the most about him is he, he doesn't smile. So the quietness kind of echoes a bit more. <laughs> Who's the talkative one? The one that doesn't shut up? Definitely the two hookers, Starling and <laughs> Josh Hodgson. Yeah, uh, Hudson Young sometimes gets blabbering. 
about shit too many times, but nah, probably them two. Like, Starlo doesn't shut up, just thinks he knows everything yeah. and buttoning on conversations and putting his two cents everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the hyperactive one, the one that can't sit still? There's a few on the day. It's probably have to be Tom Starling again. He's okay. just always happy. Actually, Adzi, Adam Elliott, he's coming. He, he's always smiling and he's always he's always bubbling and jumping about. So it'd probably be them two at the moment. What about fit and not fit? <laughs> well, they did have a crew here for years. That was the Purple Cone crew, and that would consist of Josh Papali, uh, Dynamis Louis, Joey Leilu, and all them boys. But Papa's kind of the only one left over, so him and a couple of the younger, younger, bigger boys. Love it. Uh, who's got the most boring stories, the ones that you just would love to walk away from? <laughs> Jordan it up on the hands down. He's always adding GST onto it to make it sound better than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> what about good sort? Who's the good sort of the crew? There's a few that think they're good sorts, but personally, I'd probably say probably Harley Smith Shields. Yeah, he- yeah, because he's got he's got a good personality as well. So it kind of just makes him makes makes him better. Who's the one that thinks they are a good sort? That's young. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to try. He's, <laughs> He's holding on to his hairline too. Once that goes, uh, the whole thing that goes. right, <laughs> Hutto? Mate, we'll go to roomies. <laughs> Who's the best roomie? Who would be the worst roomie? Uh, Papa's all right. I've had him a couple of times, but he, he just always leaves the door open, so there's always people going in and out. That can be good and bad. Yeah. Um, and probably Jordan is not funny. He's just his hygiene, man. He needs to work on it. <laughs> Brush teeth, you know, just everything. He, he doesn't shower sometimes. I actually, Sam Williams, he stands out the most as the stinkiest around training too. We actually had a vote for that, so he, he won that hands down. There we go. Uh, who's the social media king? Hudson Young. He's he's known as the, um, well, I wouldn't say elite, what do you call him? Oh, like, oh, what do you call the guy? He's always got the scoops. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 yeah. he's breaking news all the time. All the time, he like if anything happens, you got to ask him. So he always knows the ins and outs on who's had COVID first and the NRL and all this. Wow, jazz! He's he's always been. I don't know where he gets it from. Very interested. The mole, we call him the mole. That's the mole. There we go. Okay, and the final one. Who's Ricky's favourite? Who's the suck up? <laughs> it's it's probably a tie between our now captain <laughs> Elliot Whitehead. <laughs> Uh, Jordan up on the I don't know. They just get on a house, like get on like a house on fire. Them three, so probably definitely be out of them too. Thanks for being a good sport, mate. Chat again soon. Too, mate. Thank you. Want to win an unfiltered trucker's hat? Go to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, and subscribe to the podcast. Then simply give us a five star rating and review. Write whatever you want. We don't care. It's the stars that matter. Funniest weekly review wins the prize. Simple. And the well-hung winner of this week's Trucker's Cap is Captain Jay, the beam-buckling roofer. Thanks for the awesome review, my man, and the five stars as well. That's how easy it is to win a cap. Leave a review that stands out when you're done here. Next week, it could be you. Ah, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Listener.